I guarantee you, you will begin to even just have memories of what you need to heal. So mm-hmm. you'll just have a, a flash of like maybe a memory of at childhood and you'll, you'll be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Why did that come to me? And you realize like, oh, that maybe just needs a little bit of love and healing yeah. or compassion towards mm-hmm. it, you know. And so it's inevitable when you open up this, this channel, um, this spiritual channel, if you will, that healing just inevitably happens so beautifully and magically that we don't have to force it. And so if we just are open to it, um, your angels will show you what you need to, to heal. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. I feel like I'm on a roll. I've been having some really amazing people sitting on my couch or joining me over Zoom, and I have been really, really, really looking forward to this conversation today. I'm here live with Gianna Masseri, who's the author of Soul of a Spirit Warrior, A True Story of Healing, Survival, and Resilience, and wow, I mean... One, Gianna, your story is just going to blow everyone's minds. But even more than that, I think that the essence of the lessons that you share within your book and then that you've just shared with me over the years that we've known each other have really brought me into a deeper connection with my soul and with God and with my angels. And I feel like you were one of the first examples of integration of like the spirit realm in a very grounded way. Do people tell you that you're grounded ever? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Ava. Thank you. It's so amazing to be here with you. I'm so honored. And um, yes, I, I guess I have been that. I, I've been hearing that since people have read my book that um, they've shared with me that I kind of was that that first glimpse for them or, yeah. you know, maybe that trust piece for them. Yeah. Or like you said, the integration, yeah, you know. Totally. Um, but and, and I didn't know that for a lot of people, so thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, I think it's interesting too, and for everyone listening, Gianna and I did our yoga teacher training together and yeah. where um, we'll be diving into in this in the story is actually mm-hmm. during our yoga teacher training. Um, but 
you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people in the spiritual space, you know, you do sound healing, you do yin, you do Reiki. Um, I did my Reiki teacher training through you. What is it considered a teacher training? I guess it's like a Reiki, yeah. Reiki one and two yeah. with, um, with you and supported you and tranquility years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and so there's all of these modalities that you have. And I feel like sometimes in the spiritual space, it can, these modalities can like bring us like way up here into like the ethers. And, um, yeah. you just do such a great way of like bringing it back down to earth so that it doesn't feel overwhelming or out of reach, which I feel like for me when, during my yoga, te- like during our yoga teacher training, that was the beginning for me. Like I had just found yoga a few months before that. I didn't know about very much of like the things that I know about today. And I think sometimes people at the beginning of their journeys of healing, of spirituality, of personal development, if like too much is pushed on them at once, it can be kind of off-putting. But right. I just felt like you were such a beautiful example of like, this like open and accessible way to connect on a deeper level. And it felt deeply comforting to me because I think for many of us, um, we go through moments of like isolation and and feeling alone throughout our lives and don't even feel like, like for me, there were times when I didn't feel like there was even a God, you know, Mm -hmm. and to be in that space is deeply isolating and um, incredibly lonely. And so I just want to thank you for being that example for me. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, absolutely. It can be um, a lonely place for a lot of people when we're on this healing journey. I think actually that is one of the the pieces of it really is to feel, is to be able to feel that so that we actually get to that point where we're like, hey, wait a minute, I don't think I am alone here. I don't Mm -hmm. think I am because I keep getting guidance and I keep ending up okay. (laughs) And so that must mean that there is um, hope and faith. Yeah, yeah, it's the hope piece, right? Of like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay. So we're going <laughs> to back it up a little bit before we go too, too deep in, because I want to give people some background. So yeah. can you just share one, who you are as, yeah. as, as a soul, as a leader, as an author, um, and as a teacher as well, and how, how you've gotten to this place today where you have written this beautiful memoir about your life and healing and transformation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I guess I would start with, you know, just the simple fact that I'm a human. (laughs) I'm a human being um, just walking this this plane on earth. And I, uh, you know, just happen to have this really wild, epic experience that I like to call maybe a, a divine tragedy. And through this experience, it just really opened me up to either um, going down a road that is like full of fear and doubt and, you know, sadness from this experience, or I could use the tools that I had been training in. So the tools, you know, I was in, as you mentioned, in yoga teacher training, I was doing my own healing work. I was working with a mentor. Um, and through all of this, that's where I realized, hey, these 
are going to be my tools for survival going through this. And so who, who I am now, um, I, I am somebody here that wants to help as many people on earth as I possibly can. Like my, I, my, my goal is to help as many hearts heal as possible through my experience so that people know that going through trauma, um, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's my main goal. Mm-hmm. That's my main mission here on earth. And mm-hmm. so I, I know and I trust that um, the people who do come to work with me, they're, you know, they're meant to be there. They're they're meant to be served, and they're meant to be the ones that um, that have been sent yeah. by the divine. Because I've I've asked for that. Yeah, oh, it's so beautiful, and you just have like the biggest and sweetest and openness heart. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So many people, like I, I cannot even like begin to describe for everyone listening how amazing and beautiful and radiant you are. Um, <laughs> And I really, there were a lot of pieces of your book that resonated with me. And I think that, you know, from, from your accident and from this tragic experience, it really being like a catalyst into learning unconditional love and like self-worth, like that was a piece that was so big for me when I was reading through your book, because it really put things in perspective of like, oh, well, where, where am I right now? Like learning and being guided in the like the lessons and the purpose of my soul and mm-hmm. what are the experiences that have been happening over the past few months over the past few years over my yeah. entire life that have been kind of guiding me to this like north star of this ultimate kind of like lesson of yeah. Ava's existence or yeah. my soul's existence as Ava in this lifetime um, and so I really loved being able to hear about how you were able to kind of come to that through this experience. And, um, I think that it's really easy as you mentioned to like be at that fork in the road of like, do I, do I turn left and turn into fear or do I turn right and use this for my good and for the good of like the highest good of all. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, obviously when your accident happened there were already tools and mentors and love and support um, and like trainings that you had done before that. But what are your thoughts on like the process of like continuously anchoring into that divine perspective of like, I'm going to use this for good, even when it looks like so much around you Mm -hmm. is not pointing in that direction? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great question. Um, and thank you for saying that, that, you know, you really got that, the message of the self-love throughout the book, because sure, there's an epic, you know, accident that happens in there, but the main point of the, the story is that self-love. So yeah. thank you for, first of all, for saying that. Um, but yes, when the nightmare is going on around, well, when the nightmare was going on around me, um, the only thing that I had really to tap into was my spirit and was this kind of thing that was greater than than me outside of me and it's for me the word that I like to use for that is like God or my angels were there every step of the way so no matter 
you know, again, like I said, I'm human. So I did go into times of like fear and yeah. doubt, you know, there were, it was a roller coaster, it was an ebb and flow. I couldn't move my body. So all I could do was go within, go within, go within. But that's hard too, when you have anxiety and you're like suffering and you're yeah. in a lot of pain. So every time I would go to that dark place, something would just pull me back out mm -hmm. and just like literally like a voice, like a clear audience saying, and I could hear it, you're going to be okay. And you're going to get through this mm -hmm. and you're supported. And so I just, I had no other choice, Ava, really than to, to trust this divine mm -hmm. guidance that I was experiencing. Um, and when I was, so again, just a little, you know, backstory, I was in this accident. I went into a coma for a week. In the weeks long coma, I actually did get to connect with those, those angels, those guides. And they did let me know that if you go back to your body down on earth, if you choose to go back, you are going to have the support you need. We're going to be here for you. Mm. So... Whenever I went into that fear, it, I would just get a sign. Like even just coming here today, there's a white feather sitting on your couch. Yeah. That white feather guides me everywhere I go. You have no idea. That's why I'm like, of course it's here. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because everywhere I go, that, 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 there's these little signs. They're everywhere. And they continuously guide me that, I, you know, it's, it's, it's all okay, even when it's not okay. Yeah. This is where we get to grow and learn from. And that was where I got to just really tap into this deep trust. That's all I could do was trust. People are like, how do you trust? And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that takes practice does, every yeah. day. It's like a, a, it's a mindset. Yeah. It's, it's not something that we're born with. In fact, we're conditioned in this world to not trust yeah. and to not trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we can just get into that place where nothing else around us, we can't do anything anymore. We can't move. I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't escape. I couldn't yeah. run. All I could do was like trust myself, trust my breath, like literally yeah. breath by breath. I inhale, I exhale, I inhale, I exhale. And so it just brought me to this place where I was like, there's nowhere else I can go other than here, yeah. which is like inside yeah. my heart to find the answers. And that was really the, the most um, divinest mm. part of it was yeah. just knowing that even if I was alone on, on the physical plane, which I wasn't, thankfully, um, but even if I was, I still had this like guidance team yeah. <laughs> um, around that felt so supportive. Yeah, so beautiful. I mean, for me, not that my past few months have been anything near the um, the experience that you had in your accident, but for me, like over these past few months, it has really required a lot of trust, right? Because it's like we go through these seasons of life mm -hmm. and whether a season brings up some sort of tragedy or it's just simply like the existential crisis that I happen to go through <laughs> over these past few months. Love my Saturn human. return. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
regardless of what it is, we go through these seasons of life. We can't avoid them. We can't escape them. And I think that it's like in those spaces where you really, really have to practice that trust. And I know for me, it was like every single time that I started kind of like defaulting into fear, like veering into fear, it was a very like intentional practice of like, wait, no, I'm not going to go down with that. Mm -hmm. How can I like, again, how can I breathe into my body? How can I like remind myself of where I'm at and like, like kind of get grounded in like my physical senses so that I'm reminded that like I'm safe and I'm Mm -hmm. good. And like, like I love what you said, even, um, it's okay even when it's not okay. Like it's, or it's going to be okay even when it's not okay is, um, I feel like that's like a really nice little mantra for someone who is navigating chaos in their life right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just finding that comfort Mm-hmm. within the discomfort is yeah it's a, challenge. <laughs> it's a practice yeah you know it's a practice and that's why we do have you know these these tools that um you and I have learned over the years like things like breath work and and meditation they really are there for us to be able to work on that practice and to just like you said like when I was listening to you just now of just being the observer mm-hmm. of your situation so being able to just if you can, take a few deep breaths, step outside of the situation and look, see if you can look at it just from an outsider's point of view, you know, and when we can do that, we can just separate ourselves from being like, okay, this is an experience I'm having, Mm -hmm. but it's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not this chaos or I'm not this pain. I'm not my trauma. I'm me over here. This is an experience that is happening and I, I can make a choice. Yeah. I can choose whether I want to, you know, lose my shit over it or, you know, respond in a certain way. Or I can choose the healthy way for myself, which is always love and compassion yeah. for, for ourselves. Yeah. And when we can do that, um, we see ourselves, you know, we kind of see ourselves as a child, the inner child. Mm. And you can oh, just be like, that. I know. <laughs> and we're just like... <laughs> oh, look at you, you know, you, oh, you're having, you know, you're feeling sad today or you're feeling angry today and just not putting a label or whatever, just being like, okay, let yeah. yourself feel it and let's let's move it together. How can I support you? Just mm-hmm. the way you would with a child, you know, and doing that with ourselves um, and being that observer is just, again, that's the practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... What is, I think it's in the untethered soul where he talks about like the mere fact that you're able to observe it means that you are not it in the same way that like I can observe that beautiful crystal over there means that I am not the crystal. So if Mm -hmm. we can observe the thought, if we can observe the emotion, then within observation itself, we're able to separate our identity and like who we are from that emotion. And it's like, that's always been so powerful for me. Um, and it is a practice, you know, but it is something that I think is just so essential for sanity and, (laughs) and for being able to like really, I think process emotion and, and thought as well too, without getting so carried away and reacting to it constantly. Right. And in that space too, we can find out like why, you know, and that's, I think where a lot of people, or us as human beings, we have been kind of trained to just be like, I feel like this. And then we take that on and that's just, 
we take it on of who we are and mm-hmm. then we go and walk around in the world thinking that we're this certain way. But we actually are um, meant to feel those things. Yeah. <laughs> They're meant to be there <laughs> for us. I know. <laughs> because they have lessons and there's that opportunity. So when you do, be, you know, observe, um, it's just easier to, to navigate yeah. in the world. And then there's, like I said, the why we... We stop, we stop without asking like, hey, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel, you know, it could just be that you are hungry or you need a glass of water or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But we go into this whole big story of mm-hmm. it when we can just really be like, hey, why? Yeah. What's my why here? Yeah. That's a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like for me, at least what has been coming up a lot is that at least with like the deeper pieces around like maybe like being seen or mm-hmm. um, yeah. rejection or communication or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, um, the why has been constantly coming back to my inner child. Yeah, and it's so interesting because right when I started reading your book, little Nanny, yeah, uh, <laughs> she's, so sweet. she's sweet. I love her. <laughs> um, I it was like I was reading the part where you said that you just like broke down and started crying and holding her in your apartment. And, Mm -hmm. um, that was like the first time that I was like, Whoa, I've never done that before. Like Mm -hmm. I've never really shown up for like baby Ava in that way. Yeah. And then, so all that week, yeah. sign after sign after sign to do in our child yeah. work and like just like the most beautiful like with my therapist we were talking about it one of um the girls that I um that that's in the mastermind that I was a part of um her and her partner she like posted on her Instagram stories and her partner made up a song for her for her inner child and was singing this like sweet song about how he would always be there for her and help her figure out and I was like oh my god okay that is the sweetest thing right. ever um um, but it was just like Waterworks. sign after sign. I was like, I'm crying. My yeah. my inner child feels seen. Yeah, um, exactly. But that was like the first like just week of like sign after sign of like, whoa, like now I really see the importance of inner child work and not oh, from the I perspective of like just like going back and doing shadow work because I think that it's a little bit different from shadow work. I think that it's like, this is really like, See, and I would love for you to explain better, but for me, the way that I understand it is that there are certain things that like the outside world can't give our inner child anymore, yes. like it, that only we can give ourselves. And um, what I've been really focusing on is asking that question, why now? Yeah. And um, giving baby Ava, that's what I call her, baby Ava, Sweet baby Ava. Uh, um, what, what she was craving and what she needed and, yes. and being there for her because I've noticed that it didn't matter, like even, um, I was with my mom and my mom told me like, Ava, I'm really, really proud of you. And I wasn't even able to receive that from her. And part of like the inner child work is like wanting my parents to notice me. And so it was interesting how like, even as an adult, when my mom does notice me and I have the most beautiful relationship with my mom. Um, but it didn't, it didn't matter anymore. It's like, there's certain things that yeah, happened in the child, in our childhood that even those people could give us right now, but it's not, for them to give us it's for us to give ourselves absolutely yeah and you nailed it exactly that's exactly what the inner child process is um and that's mostly what the work that I do with uh with my people because it's the most potent and just exactly what you said it's the most empowering work that 
you could ever offer yourself because when we go back to the child we do discover right it's not to to go back to this place of like oh i had a horrible childhood or you know or blame people or blame parents um some it's it's to go back and to discover where did i learn that belief about myself and the world right what happened to the this little child and it it could have been something um you know it it varies it could just be that you you saw in the world betrayal or something or you saw um somebody not being um treated in the way that that you would have liked to have been seen and so from there we develop this belief about ourselves in the world and a lot of the times one of the biggest beliefs is that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the the main ones that I hear. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable enough in this world and I'm waiting for this validation yeah. from anybody. <laughs> Usually as children it is from our parents and that's without any kind of blame. Um but we do. We go we move in the world now with this belief that well, maybe I shouldn't even try because I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable enough or whatever the belief begins to be like they're not going to like me or what I have to say isn't smart enough or maybe I'm not smart enough. So there's this, all these stories that are floating around unconsciously in people's minds in all of our minds. If you're a human being, you have some limiting beliefs. Yeah. It's just inevitable. We have wonderful beliefs and then we have limiting beliefs as well. So the inner child work helps us to navigate back and be like hey where whose stories are these anyway are they even mine or are they someone else's and who am, have i been waiting for all this time to mm-hmm. to validate me and to tell me that because i don't need that and so it's like this real rewiring um experience where we pull away all of the layers and it and it takes the time it takes you know yeah. to discover like whoa, I really have been limiting myself there. And when we can bring in the child and like you said, you know, like I explained in the book, just like wrap, discover that story from them and just work with them for that. Work with them every day. So it's almost like when I discovered my inner child, it was like I literally had a child now. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, I have this kid. And I recognize, I was like, she has tantrums. She ha- she gets hungry. She gets tired. She gets, um, l- she feels left out at times. She feels um, like what she has to say is not important. And so I started, when I was the observer, I was recognizing that why (laughs) why do I feel that way and how can I nurture that belief within myself so that it can be a healthy one because I don't want to be walking around with all these limiting beliefs and bringing that child into the space and really doing that work with her right so a trigger a trigger is when we get heated we feel something it's bringing something up that's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to pay attention. Yeah. Like, what is it? And so you just ask yourself, or you can even ask your child, I have a photo of Nini, and when I have a trigger or something, I'll go to my photo and I'll ask her, like, how, what's going on? How are you feeling? And the answer will come when you begin to connect. It'll come right away. Like, yeah. she's like, I feel mad, or I feel left mm-hmm. out, or and I hear it. 
And then I sit with her and I'm like, why? Why? What made, made you feel that way? And then I get the information that I need. And it's almost like, at first it was like, am I going crazy talking to these two people or whatever? <laughs> but after a while, like you said, I integrated that. So now... Nini and myself, my adult, spiritual adult, has now integrated this story of Nini. So when it comes up, these limiting beliefs or what, I I know what they are. I'm aware of them. And so I can catch them and I'm like, oh, you're just feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, a certain way. And then I ask myself, what do we, what do we need to support you right now? And maybe it's just like, just need a break, you know, just need, you know, or maybe she just needs me to tell her. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Like you said, you know, with your mom. And when you have shifted and really integrated that belief that you really are good enough, there's nothing to be afraid of here, that's when we don't need that validation anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's so beautiful to hear that with your mom where you're like, oh my gosh, now I don't even need that because I believe it within myself. I've done that work within myself to truly believe that I am worthy of my own love mm-hmm. and my own care and, and all of that. And so that's where there's like self-love and self-care. Self-care is like, let's go get a massage and get a pedicure, which I'm going to do after this. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there's self-love. Self-love is the inner child, that part of ourself that doesn't feel like they deserve it. Yeah. So we go in and we ask, why? Why don't you feel like that? And then we discover... There's no reason to feel like that. Mm-hmm. We're worthy. Mm-hmm. We're all worthy of love, mm-hmm. every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful practice. I feel like when I first started hearing about inner child work, it was like not from that lens of like nurturing and compassion and empathy with ourselves. It was from this place of like, figure out all the shit that went wrong. You're going to have some memories pop up that you probably don't even remember. And I was like, I don't really want to go there. No, like it it felt really intimidating, kind of like going back to the beginning of our conversation. It was like one of those things that just felt really intimidating. And like, why would I, why would I want to start digging if, it's going to bring up like more pain or it's going to in some way interfere with yeah. life right now, yeah. you know, and it feels like this process isn't an interference at all. It's an invitation in the moments that maybe are interfering with our joy mm-hmm. to shed light on what's actually being activated and move it from that place. Exactly. And most of the time, all we need to do is just feel it literally like that's our motto for our school is to you got to feel it to heal it Mm -hmm. and it really is like I I learned this process inner child through working with my mentor for for many years Alicia Olivier Park I know you've had her also on this show she came on the podcast two years ago (laughs) everyone go back into the archives (laughs) yeah right so she created the program called healing from within which then I trained in as a mentor to guide people through the the same process because it was so Profound, And, you know, the more I work with people through the inner child, um, the more I hear, like, I, I, I hear things like, you know, I've been doing, like, therapy for years, and I've never, ever once, like, approached it in this way. And this is, mm-hmm. I love therapy. I'm not, there's to never, ever speak um, badly about any, any work like that, because I, I love it, appreciate it, have worked with many therapists, and have saved my, you know, really helped me. Um, but it is a process that is kind of 
skimmed over or looked over mm-hmm. because people are afraid um, that it is going to, you know, bring up stuff and, yeah. and, and mess things up within them. But when we approach it from that way of like just just looking like I just I imagine like little Nancy Drews going around with like little microscopes or something <laughs> like, what about this what about this what about? or that 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 saying like um not leaving any stones unturned so I kind of see this as like just going along very slowly down a beautiful river and just turning each stone whenever you're ready to whenever yeah. you're ready to look at it there's no forcing there's no um you know blaming or 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 it's just all about like what needs healing. And when we do it in this way of um, bringing a meditation practice into it, this self-awareness practice into it, the, it will just come. It will open up for you. Mm-hmm. you. Your body and your intuition, when we tune in and we slow down the brain and, and the neurons that everything in the body... I guarantee you, you will begin to even just have memories of what you need to heal. So mm-hmm. you'll just have a, a flash of like maybe a memory of a childhood and you'll, you'll be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Why did that come to me? And you realize like, oh, that maybe just needs a little bit of love and healing yeah. or compassion towards mm-hmm. it, you know. And so it's inevitable when you open up this, this channel, um, this spiritual channel, if you will, that healing just inevitably happens so beautifully and magically that we don't have to force it. And so if we just are open to it, um, your angels will show you what you need to, to heal, mm-hmm. what needs to be, mm-hmm. you know, what part of the inner child. Maybe it's teenage Gianna or teenage Ava or yeah, you definitely know. teenage Ava. I definitely <laughs> <And> went. <Ava. laughs> I, I didn't even connect with my inner child for like a year. It was just yeah. all teenage yeah. stuff that I had to mm, heal. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my inner child didn't come forth for you know a, a good while. You know, everyone else in my my group, my mentor group, was like having all these breakthroughs with their inner child, and yeah. I was like, "What about me?" Um, but that that was just because. Certain healing needed to happen in teenage years, yeah. and those layers, once they were peeled back, oh, and interesting. Yeah, okay. now at, I feel less bad because I'm like, I don't remember. Like, I have like maybe like three or four memories from before yeah, the age of twelve. Same. And I was exactly the same. Yeah. Now I remember almost everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. There was just so much pain and trauma in high school for me. Yeah. Same. That, um, you know, I don't even go into that in the book, but there was so much there and I changed schools many times. And Did you know that a, I did too? No, I, I yeah, didn't know that. I, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was quite a traumatic teenage. And we don't think of it at the time as trauma because we're just going through it. We're just in survival mode. Right. But teenage years, oh my gosh, like we hold a lot there. Right. A lot of stuff happens there. Yeah. So um, it's pretty normal for, yeah. for us to go there first. And then once, you know, we're, we're got that, you know, teenager. <laughs> <laughs> moody teenager. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, because I think that, like, for me, whenever I think that that's like kind of like a big aha moment for me. So thank you for sharing that because yeah. I've felt like, oh, maybe I'm not doing the deeper work because you know we talk about subconscious development around yeah. beliefs being from like primarily the age of zero to seven. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but I can't like get back there. There's like a vault. There's certain things that were like so intense that of course yeah. I remember. But um, 
that feels like, oh, okay, that's like the piece. That's why yeah, I work with the teenager. Yeah, it's like a little game of Mario where I'm only at yeah. that level. Yeah, Love it's level like, one. yeah, you're, yeah. it's like teenage Ava is like, hey, but what about me? Yeah. What about me? Yeah. What about me? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like asking her, you know, how are you feeling? You know, yeah. A lot of people ask, like, how are you doing in the world? You know, it's like, I, I don't really care what you're doing, but I, I care about how you feel. Mm-hmm. And how so, are you going? Yeah. <laughs> how you going, mate? <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, so it is. It's that question of how are you feeling? And that's the simple question we can just ask our inner child or yeah. our inner te- teenager. Yeah. Like, how are you feeling? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Sit with her. Listen to her. I like the She'll idea of you. having a photo of a younger, cuter version of Ava, though, because yeah. <laughs> Ava in her teenage years had hot pink bangs, really mm-hmm. heavy eyeliner. I'm like, I don't know if I could carry that type of photo of me around. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's the maybe that's the part that that needs that love yeah. and healing. And it is, it is cringeworthy when you go back to those times and you're like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And that's the, that's the love. That's yeah. where we're like, right. I love your hot pink bangs yeah. and your, you know, whatever you were wearing at the time. Um, and just loving, yeah, loving all phases and all parts of ourselves. I think the teenage years, why that happens is because it is so in- uncomfortable for us mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but yeah, so there's 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 always, you know, something there. It doesn't mean it's bad or good. There's yeah. it's just part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And you know, I keep having these dreams lately even of like my old kind of life. I keep having this recurring dream that I'm stuck in this bar and I actually I don't drink anymore. So going to a bar, it's again, it's not good or bad. I just don't, but it's like I'm thinking about this dream when I wake up and like what does this mean that I'm just I can't leave this bar I'm trying to go home but every time I try to go home somebody's like pulling me back and I think that that's even like some part of myself that wants some love or something mm-hmm. that's coming through mm-hmm. in the dream and just you know it makes me I'm, I'm looking at like okay are there parts of that part of myself where yeah. I like am holding on to yeah like, it's okay that you did that then or whatever. Yeah. We can forgive ourselves mm. for whatever yeah. happened then because we didn't know then. We didn't have the tools. We yeah. didn't have information. Yeah. We didn't know how to meditate. I definitely didn't know how to meditate. No. I was not meditating uh-huh. when I was 22. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't yet, no. 23, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that you said it's it's not, like, bad or good because I feel like it... Where did I read this? I read it somewhere where it's like you can't judge yes, yesterday's decisions off of what you know, like today's wisdom. I love that. And I've read that somewhere yeah, too. Yeah, and I just really appreciate that because it is really easy to go back to those places and be like, oh, that's that was a bad decision or, oh, I did really good then and like label it. And I think yeah. we label it to stay organized and safe and keep safe. everything tidy in our yeah, minds. But exactly. um, one of the things that you talk about in the book is soul contracts. And I think that, you know, when we can kind yeah. of like zoom out in that way, mm-hmm. things are no longer bad or good. It's all for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so can you share like yeah. part of your perspective perspective on soul contracts and what you've been shown and have learned through this process yeah for sure um yeah it's just like I don't know like where I learned it but I guess just from a child I knew 
or what I believed was that there was this like incarnation, like we reincarnate. So maybe I'd heard that somewhere, I don't know, but just from a really young age, I remember just thinking that and that just that's the way it was. So that we have this lifetime and then from here, when we pass over, we go to another place and we reincarnate into a whole other body in a whole other lifetime. And as I got older, I started to be drawn to more kind of stuff like this. I mean, even in the yogic realm, you know, like the Indian, ancient Indian belief is, is all about that. So I started to study a lot more and just really feel it. And I learned during this time how to past life regress. And so I'd received some past life regressions mm -hmm. and I'd learned how to give some regressions as well so it was just really opening up this world for me I would a past life regression just is different to a past life reading just so okay. to make it clear so a regression is where you go into a, a, a hypnotized state somebody guides you into it. you have a guide you go there you're in this kind of trance you're in a deep relaxation and it's all intentional you set an intention of like why would I why I would like to learn you know why I maybe have act this way in this lifetime. And you go into a regression and get to see. And so this was so profound for me, having this experience and being able to see other lifetimes. And so I really believed, I felt it, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I was in my accident, I got to really like see that from a bird's eye view. It was really clear. It was like this zoom out, like you said. Um, when I was in this like in-between realm, that's where it felt like I went to. And in this in-between realm, I've heard other people's experiences where they're like maybe looking up at looking down at their bodies or something. For me, it was different. I went to a place that mm -hmm. I felt really safe and familiar. And for me, it felt like Venice. And I'd been to Venice many times, but it was kind of my own version of Venice. And in this space, I it was my choice. So I got to meet with my, my angels, my guides. And the whole thing was up to me. So the whole thing was like, do I want to go back to this life or do I not want to go back to the life? Mm -hmm. And my questions were to these guides and these angels were, well, I had many questions, but one of them <laughs> was like, what happens if I don't go back? Yeah. What happens if I don't go back to that life? And what I recall the information was, is that you start again. Mm -hmm. You incarnate to another body into another lifetime with new parents, like this whole you know, we're shifting, and so... Do we always come back as humans? To be honest, I don't know. There's there's all different kinds of beliefs on it. Yeah. I know, like, the ancient Indian, like, the Rishis believe that we have something like... You know, I don't... Don't quote me. I don't know the exact number. Uh, I've heard this from Alicia, but um, we have a certain amount of number of lifetimes uh -huh. until we we're like animals. Uh, uh, okay. Until and we're then, animals? Yeah, uh -huh, and then okay. we incarnate. Okay, yeah. Once we've like fulfilled that, yeah. <laughs> well, I know in the Bhagavad Gita human. they talk about how if you like your final life is when you've 
at the end of your life, you are like connected to God, meditating on God. Like that is like the sole focus of like where your attention and your consciousness is. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it was, at least from what I remember talked about in the Bhagavad Gita. So it's interesting when I was reading your book to hear what, um, like what you were sharing about reincarnation and what you were shared with through your guides. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's all I can speak of or through. So I, I really, I only saw this lifetime. I didn't see, um, you know, I saw the other lifetimes during past life progression, regressions. But for this, it was just like zooming in on this life of like, what what do I want ultimately? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, what I saw was that I'd, I've come a long way. I've come really far in this lifetime and to be able to start all over again I I I didn't want to do that and so I made that choice to to come back and, mm-hmm. and here I was so that divine perspective of just zooming out and seeing that we we chose this we cho- I chose all of this. And when I was in the accident, the craziest part about the whole thing, and I think I talk about this in my book. I'm pretty sure I wrote about it. But I remembered this all happening. Like It was like I woke up, and this was all part of my story. I remembered the divine plan. Yeah. I remembered that this accident was part of it. And then I remembered the day leading up to the accident. It was like I knew like yeah. I didn't know that I had chills like reading all of the like pages before the accident actually yeah. happened when you were talking about like yeah just like all the little signs and like praying and saying like please like show me like what what's going on like teach me this I was like oh my god yeah <laughs> Whoa. yeah and so it's like my body knew my consciousness knew my soul knew everything knew that I was like in training for this yeah. thing this big thing Um, my intuition knew and then you know when I woke up in the car I remembered I was like this was all part of my divine plan before Mm -hmm. I came here Mm -hmm. that's why I knew that it was actually my purpose it was I was never mad about it I mean there was hard (laughs) it was the hardest thing of it. it was my worst nightmare waking up to but I never once was like this wasn't meant to be. This, it, it, the whole time, I just knew that this was part of it and that everything that I had done leading up to it, all of the yoga, all of the trainings, working with my mentor, the inner child stuff, all of that, it was all part of it. Mm-hmm. It was all part of it. Yeah. And so that for me, I don't know, I just couldn't get mad. I couldn't get... Um, feel angry about it in fact it was so different it was actually like so profound it was like this is all real like everything I've ever believed in just showed itself to me and the reason why is because I'm here to help other people through this experience Mm -hmm. as well and to give them this diviner perspective that um, maybe there's some ease in here with things like dying and death and being severely injured. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe there's some hope in here that I can share from my perspective of like this, you know, as painful as it might sound at times, but 
I know that it happened for me. Yeah. And without it, I don't even know if I'd be at this next step. I don't know why well, I wouldn't be. I would never have written a book. Um, or maybe I would have. We don't know about that. But um, there's a lot of things that I look at now where I was, where it's not like I'm grateful for the pain I went through or anything like that. I'm definitely grateful for the healing process that happened. And I just don't regret anything or I don't, I would never change anything because it was all meant to be that way. It was all mm -hmm. divine. Like even you, you read this in the book, but in, at the end of the divine perspective chapter, it, it still gives me chills. And I just read it the other day, we pulled up the police report and it's, right. I let my boyfriend read it this time. And there's 14 witnesses that called in that night for this person and the last witness says, um, you know, my wife made a lane change to the other lane. And he says these words, lucky she did, because that's when the other car came flying down. Yeah. And he turned his shoulder and looked around and he saw that car hit me. So it was like, it doesn't matter where I was that night or if I went back for the sandwich or whatever, yeah. or those little things we were meant to have that connection, me and this soul, because there were lessons to learn yeah. through it. I've definitely you know, learned a lot from, from that soul and I've never been mad at him for hitting me. He was a drunk driver, he was only 21 years old. He lost his life because yeah. he made a bad decision. And I forgive him for that because I know, I just know it's everything inside of me knows that we were meant to have that connection that night. And I just, I, he's a teacher for me. Yeah. I thought it was really beautiful how you shared in the book also that you were able to converse with his soul and connect yeah. with his soul after the accident and have yeah. that closure. Um, and it just brought up like so much curiosity for me and the soul contracts that we have with each other. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, do you, do you have a way of, for the people that are in your life, connecting and understanding like what the purpose of the relationship is? Like maybe perhaps like past, um, not like, Past via death, but like past PAST, yeah. um, friends or yeah. partners. Like, do you have a practice maybe for people that are listening where, um, or past loved ones as well, mm -hmm. um, or people interactions, you know, to help people connect and understand and maybe have like closure with, um, the different soul contracts in their life. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just about, it's really, it, you know, it's at the time it's can be a challenging thing to navigate, navigate when we're going through it, maybe yeah. with somebody. So I can use, when you're asking that question, the thing that came to me was like my divorce, right? So mm -hmm. I have an ex-husband. So it's like we have... Um, for me at the time going through that I was never like oh yeah he's a catalyst for me for my healing and it's all great and we're you know he's my divine catalyst for this you know it was never like that at the time but now it's like I think just giving yourself time and knowing that I don't know why this is happening for me right now 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and again at the accident, I, I don't know every day I would wake up. I don't know why this was happening for me right now. But if I give it time, I'm just help me to understand it. So I would just ask my angels and my guides, like, help me to understand this. Mm-hmm. And I would ask them, like, what is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this? Or what is the lesson mm-hmm. from this? And I think if we can ask, just even ourselves, even if you're not, you know, connected to your, your angels or your guides in that way, but just even asking yourself that question at the time of, what could I be learning from this um, helped me a lot yeah. instead of going into victim mode because it's it's you could go into the the mindset of um, why is this always happening to me you know that's like a repair that's um okay if, if this is always happening to you maybe there's a pattern yeah what's mm-hmm. a pattern there mm-hmm you know, that could be something to look at. Or it could just simply be, you know, what am I meant to be learning from this? Or what am I learning from this? And when we ask ourselves that question, we can come out of that victim mode and be like, oh yeah, that's right. Divine, um, Divine connection tells us that this is an opportunity for growth. Mm. And what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. That's being led by the divine, by your higher self. Mm-hmm. It's supportive and it's grounded um, rather than going into the fear response and the victim of, you know, why is this happening to me? Because then we, we try to fix things when we go into that. We try yeah. to be fixes. Yeah. And sometimes we just can't fix anything. Yeah. Most of the time it's just saying, feel it. Let yourself feel it. Go through it. Yeah. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it feels icky. But what could you be learning from this right now? Yeah. What am I learning from this? Or another question I love to ask myself is, how could I support myself right now? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't include anybody else or any. It's just like, how could I support myself right now? And again, it could just be a matter of taking a few deep breaths and just tuning in and finding out what you need to support yourself at that time or just you know I don't know what the lesson is at this time but I'm just gonna breathe and you know get through this the way that that I can without you know blaming myself or hurting myself in this process because we don't deserve that you know we deserve love and um Sometimes things happen in life, and well, a lot of times things happen in life. Right? <laughs> Not all the time, <laughs> right? Because we're human, you know. And yeah. and going back to the divine perception as well is like we chose this, you know. We chose this. So what could I be learning from it? I came. It's like being a human is that we came here to play in this playground. I just see us yeah. all as like little angels back in yeah. heaven and back yeah. in our heavenly realm. Um, and then I I see us as like, hey, we're going to choose to go to Earth now. I'm going to choose to go to that big old playground where I get to feel all of the feelings of the the rainbow. I get to mm-hmm. feel sadness. I get to feel joy. I get to feel love i get to feel heartbreak all of these emotions that it is that make us human so therefore when i just let myself feel it 
things will pass pass very quickly yeah. and, and we'll recognize that oh okay I didn't have to go into panic mode over mm-hmm. that all I had to do was just sit here and feel it and you know that again is a, a training yeah. and a practice but you know that's what I, I would say for that connection is just to really tune in and ask yourself you know yeah. ask yourself the answers yeah yeah I think the thing that has been biggest for me she was like shaking her little ball like this <laughs> um the thing that has been biggest for me well two pieces one is like really trusting that if I ask the question, I will receive the answer. I will receive some guidance that is going to be enough for me to move forward with. Um, And also that it's going to take the time that it takes. And I really like that you shared that on this podcast that we're in this conversation, but you also shared it in the book. It's like, it's going to take the time that it takes. And I think that, um, you know, it's really challenging to accept that because we live in a very impatient society (laughs) we Um, want it now yeah i want all of the healing all of the success all of the love now but it really does take the time that it takes and i mean from my personal experience i have had the opportunity of kind of like passing like steamrolling over healing and like getting things that i want material things that i want but it didn't ever like eradicate the need to do the healing so now I'm going back and doing the healing that you know of of course it's all in perfect timing it's all in perfect alignment um but it's taking the time that it takes and um I think that that's just been something that's like kind of been an anchor for me and just recognizing that like I'm gonna get everything that I desire and more and like my soul's gonna get everything that it needs um but it's okay that it's not happening right now. And it's also okay if I don't have like the full picture of why it's not happening now either. Yeah. And you find out that later too. You find out all of that later. You're like, oh, okay. That's like Mm -hmm. why I couldn't have that at that point because I wasn't, you know, mentally ready for that or emotionally ready or whatever it is. And then it all makes sense later. You're like, okay, I literally couldn't have had that until now because I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like my relationship with my beloved. I kicked and screamed for so long. I'm like, where's my soulmate? (laughs) I look back at that now. I'm like, oh girl, (laughs) you were not ready. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, even in like the simplest things too, like I was having a conversation with my mentor today and I was telling her, I was like, I just feel so good. I'm so happy. And I'm like, and I'm happy that I had this whole experience of not feeling good and not being happy because now it feels even better. And if there wasn't that contrast there, then I wouldn't even be as grateful for like, be as like enraptured in how I feel now. Yeah. And like, that's really important too, because yeah. if we're just constantly getting everything that we want and constantly feeling good, then there's no actual like texture to it all. There's we no, won't learn anything. Yeah. And so, or we won't grow. Either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no room for, for growing there. And I think when we do have the awareness to that, you know, now when I go into times of, um, darkness or I I call it darkness, whatever you want to call it. I 
am okay with it because I know that it's just a period. We go through these ebbs and flows in life. And I actually get excited now when I'm in the darkness. I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, something's brewing. Yeah, <laughs> it's this like must my, mean that yeah, something big is coming. <laughs> and and I just, I allow it. And, you know, I sit with that photo of the little girl and I'm like, okay, I don't yeah. know why, but, you know, let's just feel this yeah. now. And, um and we'll understand it later. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So you've mentioned a few times your angels and your guides and how in um in 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 your when you were in your coma, mm-hmm. you were in this in-between realm. Yeah. Um and I know that because you shared in your book, um that mm-hmm. you've connected with angels since a very young age since you were a child. Yeah. I'm curious for somebody who hasn't had that type of connection since childhood, but like would like that and Mm -hmm. would want to have a deeper connection with their angels and guides. What's, where's like a good place to start? Like, do we, do we seek out specific archangel archangels or do we like search for certain ascended masters or is it more of like an open receptivity of like, come to me and like, show me who's here? Yeah, I would say that I didn't know who or anything about archangels or guides really, you know, my whole life until now or, you know, just leading up to that experience. But that's what I would say is to start with, um, start with meditation, like everything begins (laughs) for me with meditation, but it's only because we slow down, we slow everything down and we give ourselves that time to just open up this, this channel to, um, our, you know, our highest being our highest self and, if we just have this time each day to stop and slow down, even if it's just, I tell, you know, people I work with, even if you just stop and take 10 deep breaths, yeah, like you're opening up some kind of portal or connection to your higher self because you're tuning in. Mm-hmm. So that would be my first thing. And then, like you said, I would say ask. I would say ask. That's what I've done this whole time. I've just asked for guidance and um that's where I just will see feather white feathers will just be everywhere I go or drop in front of my feet when I need it or um spirit will show itself to you in the way that it you know so you mm-hmm. have your own language that's why I I can't tell people how to do it everyone has their own language with spirit yeah so for me it's butterflies and feathers and um numbers I connect with numbers and that's how they speak with me now I'm a lot more clairvoyant where I actually I can see a lot of stuff now um as in uh, just lights and things like that around people I'll I'll just know certain ways that they feel because I can see their aura and things like that but it wasn't always like that for me that just like has come you know of years and years, but I really feel like just asking your angels and guides, like show me the language that you want to communicate with me through. So if you love owls or I don't know, you're whatever, like they're going to start showing you things that, um, only you understand, only you'll understand it. So my greatest, um, advice or suggestion is pay attention, Mm. pay attention Mm -hmm. for what you ask for. Because they're always listening, the universe is always listening, and it's just going off our vibration. Yeah. So if you ask for something, 
don't be surprised if it comes in the form of that or, you know, and that's divine guidance. Or if, you know, your numbers are 333 and everywhere you go, you start seeing 333, that's all guidance and that's where the trust comes in. To be like, oh, wow, look at that. Mm -hmm. That just, wow, I trust that. Mm. I trust that. You know, like outside today, there's a white butterfly flying around this whole time we're chatting, you know, and that for me, that's my grandma. Because she comes in the form of a white of a white butterfly, and so it's just they're always speaking, yeah. literally. It's and that's what I hear them say too. Like we're always here, and we're always here for everybody. Yeah. I'm not special or more gifted than anybody else. I've just spent a lot of time like tuning in and yeah. learning what my language is yeah. with spirit. So now I know. I just am guided every step of the way. There's nothing in my way or in my day now that I navigate that is not guided by spirit. I know that it's all divinely guided. Yeah. Um, and if I go against it, I know that too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that didn't work out yep. and you knew it. <laughs> but yep. And I beat myself up about it. I just bring awareness of like, wow, you really knew that this wasn't the right path for you. Isn't that great? Yeah. Like, isn't that awesome that yeah. you were able to feel that? And we are learning. We're all just learning every day, every day. Every, I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, I just have this really beautiful connection with them now that I understand the language that they speak to me and it's my language. And so yours will be your language with your guides and the next person will have theirs. Just paying attention at all times of what are they showing you Mm -hmm. all day long that you're like not, you know, paying attention to. It's like that saying where it's like there's a ship sinking or something and then a man is like praying and he's like, God, help me, God, help me. So then he sends like a helicopter yeah. or something, but because it's not God, yeah, yeah. he's like, what do you, yeah. what do you want to do with this helicopter? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like going to save your life. That is God. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, another ship comes along and he's like, I don't want that. I want God. You know, so it's like, how many signs are you not mm-hmm. going to pay attention to before you realize that? That is your angels talking to you. That is your guides. Mm. That is guidance for you. That feeling that you have in your stomach, that gut feeling, that's truth right there. Yeah. The mind and the ego wants to like mess around with it and say like, oh no, don't trust that or whatever. But our bodies are full of wisdom and they're talking to us all the time and they're showing us things all the time. And so it's just about listening and paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's been something that I have like realized, especially over these past couple of months is like, whoa, like it gets stronger the more devoted I am. Because in the beginning I really thought other people were more special than me, but it really just took me having enough devotion and commitment to listening, to paying attention, to getting quiet, um, you know, to using my practices and like relying on those practices. Um, and, it's so fun now because it's like, wow, life is like really, really magical. magical. Like all around me, life yeah. is so magical. It's just like one magic moment after the other. And it's not that it's like million dollar deal here and like press opportunity here and like amazing sex here, you know? Okay. I let the universe. I'm so open for all of those <laughs> yeah. things. And it's like also yeah. the little things, right? It's like the butterfly flying by or like yeah. seeing 777 at the end of my, mm-hmm. um, end of my like gas fill up thing on the, on the, at the gas station. It's like those little yeah. things, like the magic moments that are completely surrounding us in every single day. Yeah. Like that is the, 
that is, that is the, um, I don't know. I, that's like God holding you, right? Yeah. I'm reading this book called the Radiant Sutras. Have you read it before? I haven't. It's so beautiful. It's, you know, written in 800 AD. It's, um, one of the old Indian wow. spiritual texts. It's really, really beautiful. And it's only 23 verses, but in one of the verses it's, um, it says, you know, like I, I am, it's a conversation between, um, consciousness yeah. and divine feminine energy back Love and it. forth. And in one of the lines, consciousness answers, like I'm closer than your next breath. Like I'm always here. You don't have to be searching for me. You can use mantras. You can use meditation. You can use all of those things, of course, mm-hmm. to help like bring your mind to me, mm-hmm. but I'm always here. Yeah. And I just like, when I was reading that, I was like brought to tears because it's, it's just so, so beautiful. beautiful. It's just a reminder, you know, like it is always here. Are you going to train your mind to notice it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ex- that's so beautiful. I love that. I would, I need to check that book yeah. out now. But yeah, and it is, and it's, it's just, it's paying attention to everything on the whole, you know, it's like, what are you thinking when you see that number? Mm -hmm. Or what are you, where, where were you going in your car where you were filling up for gas? You know, it's like, it's like letting you know, like where you're going is good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, you're on the right path. And so, um, so I think that's really important too, is like, what are you thinking about when you see those things or what are you feeling or asking for? I always find when I see those things, I'm like, whoa, I was just asking for like a podcast or something. And then like, you'll text me yeah. <laughs> or some yeah. things like that. So it's like, what what's happening around you when you are seeing those things? And mm. where's your mindset when you're there? Mm. You know, is it a reminder to be like, hey, you're safe. You're good. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. This has been so much fun. I'm so yeah. happy that we did this. Thank you so much for coming Thank on you the so podcast. Much. Um, can <laughs> you share with everybody where they can find you? Yeah. If slash how they can work with you. Yeah. And then also where to get the book. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can work with me in person. Um, if you are in San Diego, I do have my healing practice here in Ocean Beach. She's so. amazing, by the way. Amazing, <laughs> amazing, <you>. amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I do all kinds of, um, that's that's mostly where I do a lot of the, the healing modality stuff, the energy work. I work with aromatherapy um, and I work with different crystals and, and sound and, and things like that. I also do with that is like one-on-one mentoring. So we'll work through like whatever we need to talk about to do the talk therapy and then I'll you know get them on table to do energy work so it's very specialized um, in San Diego I also do that over the phone too so you don't have to be in San Diego I do all this work Um, there's no time and space between energy so I actually find a lot of people that I work with um, over the phone just have really great um, experiences because they're in their own little cozy safe space so I do you know both work and and I do that because I want to help as many hearts heal as possible I don't want to just help hearts in San Diego heal (laughs) so those are ways that you can work one-on-one with me Um, I have our school Tranquility School of Healing if you want to learn all of the the magical tools Um, and you can find my book on Amazon So my book is just uh, Soul of a Spirit Warrior, A True Story of Healing, Survival, and Resilience. And um, on Amazon.com, it's 
everywhere in the world, every every Amazon. It's really everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> are you going to do an audiobook ever? We actually are doing that right now. Awesome. So, yeah, so we're, cool. We're amazing. in the midst of recording it, which nice. has been really fun. That's so, awesome. So yeah. cool. Amazing. And we'll yeah. link everything in the show notes for everyone. I highly suggest getting the book. I literally devoured it. I think you dropped it off a week ago. I and did. I can't believe you yeah, read it so fast. Yeah, I read it every single night. It was just a really beautiful story. And um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful Ava. I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs>